It was another close game against Iowa and another loss in a series that keeps getting away from the Huskers. We'll look back at the 26-20 loss and look ahead to remaining schedule as Nebraska looks to end the 2020 season on a positive note. Our special guest tonight is Aaron Sorensen from Hale Varsity. Sean Callahan will talk about some Nebraska recruiting as early signing days is two weeks away. It's all coming up next on NET's Big Red Wrap. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Severe. Welcome to NET's Big Red Wrap-Up. If you already didn't have a strong dislike for Iowa, after this year, I'm guessing it is very strong after that game and all the snark afterwards. Jay Moore joining us, former Oscar. The game was one thing, but then all the snark afterwards, whether it was Kurt Ferentz or Keith Duncan, the kicker, it, yeah. was, it, was a, it felt like an old-fashioned Big 12 kind of rivalry. Yeah, it, well, they own this one. It was a yeah. six, six straight, unfortunate, you know, and... They had their opportunities, and I, like I said, my expectations were not were not super high coming to this one, just because how poorly they played against Illinois. But defense showed up again, yeah. and played very, very well, and gave the offense a, ch- a chance to win that football game. They just can't. There's just they can't put it together offensively. They just cannot seem to put it together. If it's not one thing, it's another. Or special teams wise. Yeah, correct. Really, I think yeah. that's what cost them the game. Yeah, you could look. Yeah, because hidden yardage, ten points. Yeah, with with the punt returns mm-hmm. and the and the, and the fumble punt. By Cam Taylor Britt, and you know, you're you're exactly right. Those hidden yards can sneak up there, and a lot of people want to focus on the snapping issues sure. and O line issues. But I think are, are obviously really prevalent with the inconsistencies of this offense. But the special teams definitely, again, has has, has hurt this football team in in close games. That's what they always do. Yeah. You know, and you know, you can. It's easy to overlook those mistakes on special teams when you're blowing a team out, and you know, a guy gets a punt return. But those are that's those are big time hidden yardages and things that can make up points in a heartbeat when. You know, you're 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 kicking it from your own thirty, but they're catching at their thirty, and all of a sudden they got it at your right. forty. Yeah, and it was thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. They started to average thirty-eight yard line. Nebraska starts twenty-seven, obviously at the first down, and then on top of all of that, Adrian Martinez has a good game, very good game, really good game. They still only have two touchdown passes on the season. In this offense, with Scott Frost led this offense, they have two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. That it's... still blows my mind. I've, I don't know how many times, I'm sure Gavin could tell us how many times I've probably said puzzling and perplexing. Yeah, right, right, right. That is still, that is, it's mind-blowing uh, that in this offense and with a third-year starter, and we can, we can argue that, you know, he doesn't have the guys outside and, you know, Wondell playing running back, wide receiver, yeah. a consistency. You know, he doesn't, you know, Jack Stoll being banged up might not help. But you can't you can't think that they can get something going right. to, to be able to complete mm-hmm. something. I mean, heck, we just saw. I mean, one of the longest passes we've seen all year was Austin, Austin Allen on a twenty-three yards. Yeah, yeah. To, he makes that great toe-tap catch. I mean, we haven't seen anything where the it's been stretched over you know fifteen, twenty yards for the whole season. It's just it's it's crazy. And it's a it's a mix of everything. Um, it's 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 kind of a I don't know if it's a perfect science or not, but protection issues, snapping issues. Trust issues at the without having the wide receivers, right. new guys, you know, and all of a sudden you have a Marcus Fleming decides to up and transfer after this after this week, and you're just like, what is what is going on with this wide receiver crew? It's right. just now guys have got to step up, but yeah, two touchdowns in five games in a year three of uh, a supposedly high powered right. offense. Man, I would have lost a lot of money <laughs> on 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 taking. I would have taken the overs. How Definitely. many touchdown passes? Were, but you would have through five um, through five games, but two is yeah. that's crazy. And right now, only ten touchdowns total 
uh, completely, or just two a game. Lots to get to tonight. We can't do it without keeping you involved. We want to keep the conversation going. So reach out and connect to us tonight by texting, uh, emailing the Big Red, netnebraska.org. We're also keeping track of all your comments and questions on social media. I have the tablet right next to me. Keep hitting us up on Facebook and Twitter as well as we go throughout the show. Here's your week's all-new sideline survey. What's the most troubling aspect of Nebraska's special teams play? Is it the kickoff returns, Nebraska's net punting, or is it punt return yardage allowed? Head over to the website now to vote and head back to the week each week for a brand new survey. Right now, as you can see, 37% net punting is what people think is the biggest issue. Time to go deeper into the playbook. Jay Moore in the huddle. All right, we're going to be optimistic. We're going to be we're going to show some positive stuff. Last week wasn't very positive. I chose to focus on some really good football that we saw in this game against Iowa. So this play, when we're, I get a pick, the plays that I decided I want to break down, I had to break down this one because this was a thing of beauty. You could hang this in the museum of D-line play, and it should be on repeat how to play a shade, a one, a one technique, a, a whatever you want to call it. But let's focus on... Uh, Damian Daniels here on this play and noted that Iowa center is really good. He's going to be playing on Sundays. So let's watch this here. I got him highlighted as he goes. Now, boom, he is playing on their, on their side of the football. Awesome. Get off pad level hand placement. He has knocked back two to three yards in this backfield, but a lot of guys could say, you know, I'm good. I got my gap taken care of. I'm doing my job, but he says, uh, uh-uh, this isn't good enough. Chucks him to the side that's going to be the guy playing on Sunday. Throws him off. Boom. TFL. Love it. I stood out of my chair, about spit some beer out. It was a great play. So next play. Let's, let's, let's highlight this. Ramir Johnson touchdown run. And O-line's been inconsistent, but here they do a really good job. I want to highlight Cam Jurgens, uh, Ethan Piper. You're going to get a little double down here on the uh, one technique again. He's going to work up second level. Boom. Now they got a, an excellent shot. So it looked like almost like an RPO. He had Wandell coming to motion into trips formation. Looks like he could have thrown him out here. Nebraska wasn't a good situation to execute this, but they get some good blocking up front. It's not, it's kind of murky right now up front, but Cam's going to do a good job of, of sealing this guy. And Ethan gives a, does a great job of getting to the second level. Now he has a crease, and Cade Warner does a good enough job of holding this secondary guy just enough. I'm not saying holding like he held him. It should have been a penalty, but just giving him enough um, attention to, to keep him off of Ramirez, to give him a crease, and to finally get a touchdown for the Big Red in a game, and they take the lead on that play. So a lot of good things. Honestly, that, that cut by Ramir Johnson, as good as the blocking was on that, that is the kind of cut we saw from him in high school there in New Jersey. And you see why they chose to offer him with that cut alone. Yeah, stick your foot up and get vertical. Yeah, you know, and that's that's half the that was that was that was really good. But good blocking. I mean, yeah, good good double getting up second level. Kind of ran him out, off himself out of the play a little bit. But I mean, touchdowns have been hard to come by this year for no this doubt. for this group. So that was that was good execution by everyone. And Damian Downs, that was very impressive. Oh my gosh, that, that was, was that, I mean, like I told you that kid. He if he's not the top. He's top two centers. Yeah, he told me that. Right now, yeah. yeah he's, he's a guy that's going to be a draft pick for sure. Yeah, he was, that, that was impressive. Let's take a look at some more of the plays. We're going to rip off the Band-Aid once again as we head to the tape from Friday's matchup in Iowa City. It started off again, as it always does. Very few people in the stands because that's what's happening in 2020. Spencer Petras came out hot, playing very well early. The 22-yard pass that he hit. What an amazing catch by the tight end, Sean Beyer, there. And then Petras comes back again, 
Only three catches for Smith Marset, their best wide receiver, and then I don't mind that hit by Luke yeah, Reimer. I was, I was, established I, something. I was upset a little bit, but some people are like, you know what? Establish some nastiness. Yes. Say, hey, we're here. We're going to smack you around a little bit, and we'll take the 15 yards and hold you three. Heath Duncan's been a foil for Nebraska for a couple years now. He makes that field goal to go up 3 nothing. Wanda Robinson comes back. Great game for number one. He really played well, but here's your first bad snap. This one is low a little to the outside. Ends up leading to a sack, a loss of 10 yards. Then here comes Spencer Patrick again. Again, had a really good game early on until we'll show you a little bit later the pick that he threw. It kind of turned his game a little bit. But uh, he hit Smith-Marset, then Brandon Smith, both of them making big plays there. And this is a great – this is a, a nice play by Tracy coming all the way across. He yep. got lost in a wash kind he of. He does get lost, and you, your guys are kind of sucked because those guys playing on the backs, they didn't have a whole lot in front of them, so it's kind of sitting there waiting for them to bump, and they just get behind them and easy catch and easy throw. After two drives for Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey comes in. This is a big fourth down carry by Luke McCaffrey. Almost scored in that play. Mm-hmm. Came very close to scoring. Gets tripped up. Here's your offensive MVP so far. It's Connor Culp. He's 9 of 10 on the season. He's been money. Um, I, what a great pickup getting from LSU. Yeah, obviously a lot different from last year. I mean, no doubt. I could have maybe gone in there and kicked a little better than last year. but. And, and here's where it started going bad for Petrus. He, throw that ball away. Right. What are you doing? DiCaprio Boodle gets his first interception of his career, but that really is on Petrus. There's no, what, there's nothing there. I don't there. know. How does he not see uh, DiCaprio Boodle? I don't yeah, he was, he, was, he was playing blind there. You know, we had a wide receiver leave, as you mentioned, uh, Marcus Fleming, because he's not getting touches, I think. Elante Brown's a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of touches. He gets one in the game here, and he does very well in the end around. Hopefully we see him touching the ball a little bit more. Had to settle for another field goal, though. Connor Culp again, as I mentioned. He is the MVP right now for this offense. And then Tyler Goodson, who I thought would have a much bigger game. We both did, I think. But the D-line did well. They played well. They, I mean, linebacks were downhill. They were set in the edge. I mean, you held Iowa to 100, less than 125 yards rushing. I mean, that's the – help me out. Would that be less, the least amount they've rushed for all year? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I no, know. against Northwestern. Okay, so yep. – but, yeah, I mean, they, they set the edge. They played physically. They played downhill. And they, they the, the defense was well, – they came to play on Friday. There's Keith Duncan again making it 13-6. But this is one of the better drives that you've seen from Nebraska, and especially what they had to overcome. So that's a long second down and 14. Then in the next play, you have the snap over Adrian Martinez's head. So it goes back. I believe that ended up making it second and 29. Adrian gains a few yards on second down after, again, you see the snap going over his head. That's when they actually pulled Cam Jurgens for a couple of plays, came back in the second half. But this throw right here, give the big man a chance, and he does, getting it up to Austin Allen at third and 23. Yeah, this is a heck of a catch. Obviously reviewed. Yep. I initially, I'm like, oh, I don't think he got a toe down, but he literally got a toenail down. And, <laughs> hey, finally a, a completion over 25 yards and get a first down. This has been one of the best red zone plays. The quarterback sneak. You've seen Luke McCaffrey do it. You've seen Adrian Martinez do it. Tied it up 13-13. And then Nebraska comes out and haven't had a lot of success in that second half drive, but they did this week. Came out on fire. Uh, the pass right there to Levi Falk. And then another end around to Betts. 45 the first time. 15. Let's see this more. That's that's my pick. Let's see this a little bit more. Yeah, he runs that obviously really well, and he did that a lot at, at Bell West. And then the play I just just broke down the blocking, and I mean just a good cut by Ramirez to get up, get uh, get, get downhill, and boom, Nebraska's back in business. Nebraska's not had a lead in this series very often. They have it right there, 2013. But Iowa comes back. Seven of the next, we're showing a pass play, but seven of the next nine plays were run plays. Iowa got back to what they were doing. This is a fourth down play here to convert. That was huge on fourth and two. And then out of Iowa Western is Makai Sargent makes a nice cut, gets in the end zone to tie it back up. 20-20. But you still feel pretty good about Nebraska right here going in the fourth quarter. You do. 
Yeah, because they get the, you hold them and they get this field goal. But again, Nebraska did a great job of holding Iowa to field goals. And the offense had been kind of getting on, running all cylinders the last few weeks. That was the field goal that Scott Frost was mad about. He thought they were they had a false start, which would have made it like a 52-yarder instead. This was a win thing, I think. Watching the replay, you can see the ball go off to the right all of a sudden away from Cam Taylor. His left eye right um, ends up fumbling it there. They hold him to a field goal, though. Again, defense steps up in the red zone, which they've been doing pretty good all year long. Spencer Petras, again, playing well, not playing great, but enough to give them a chance to get another field goal. And look at the win on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was swirling. Off it the was... crossbar, knocks it down. Nebraska only down six with a chance to get the ball back. And I think you feel pretty good after this play. This is the play to Wandell Robinson. You get the first down, and you're like, okay, now you're in business, and this is just a missed block. It was a good rush. I'll, I'll give I'll give the D lineman from I remember he, the, yeah it was Golston 57. Yep. He did a nice little cross chop and got he beat he beat Farniak and beat him clean. Farniak struggled in this game we talked about before, but it was a, it was a clean it was a clean move and of course you know it was a fumble anyways, but it just have to have bounce right into an Iowa Hawkeyes hands. Look at the final stats now, and you see that Nebraska what they did defensively holding them to just 2.9 yards a rush after giving up 6.5 yards a rush over the last four years. So it was really a good performance. But again, we see the turnovers. That was one of the things that's been biting Nebraska all year long. Yeah, but I'm going to highlight defensively. I mean, yeah. points off turnovers for Nebraska or for Iowa. They only got three points now for those turnovers. That was, yep. that's, I mean, granted, one end of the football game. But, you got, I mean, hats off to defense, man. I mean, after that, yep. that turnaround, you don't have a leader in Colin Miller coming back. Yeah. Luke Reimers, Will Honus play very, very well. Again, I'm, I'm excited about what they're establishing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just waiting for the offense just to kick it in gear somehow, some way, and, and get this thing going. We're pleased to welcome in now former Husker Damon Benning to get his thoughts on what happened this past Friday. We started this off, Damon, by talking about if you already didn't dislike Iowa in terms of the rivalry. After this, all the chippiness at the end, pretty much everybody now has, a, has some sort of dislike for Iowa, don't you think? Yeah, it seems like everybody's embraced it a lot. I think... Early on, it was a little more of the fan base, and then the players started to get into it over the last couple of years, and now you've got coaches uh, that are into it. And, and it's like I've always said, when you've got a good old-fashioned rivalry, and hopefully Nebraska can win a few more of these games, but give me all the petty. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's good. I, I think it's healthy. And I think finally Nebraska understands that Iowa is just a team that has never really liked them very much, uh, and it's good to see them embrace, embrace that energy. DB, we heard we had the snapping issues, you had the, the clapping issues, but overall, you look at Cam Jurgens as a center and his ability to let's 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 put the snapping issues behind. I know those are major issues, but what when you hear Scott say he's too good of a, too good of a player to to keep on the sidelines, what do you in your mind he does really well that you say we can overcome these snapping issues and have him? You need him out there. Yeah, the risk reward is is interesting. I don't know if I would make that case. Uh, as much as Coach Frost, but I'll tell you what I do like about him. He's got a low center of gravity. He's extremely athletic, and he's good with his quick twitch. That means when he punches you, you know, he's usually he's got some good snap to his game. You can tell that that he's been a player that has uh, played in a two-point stance quite a bit, has gotten off the ball before offensively and defensively, and he plays with good punch. You know, he's not a tall guy, Jay, so they cause you fit sometimes when they get into you just with that center of gravity. And if he can continue to kind of own his craft, whether it's the yips and it's emotional or it's the yips and it's physical, 
if he can continue to work his way through that, I could see where the upside is there for him. But right now, I, I just don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze. Based on what you've seen, would you think that it's more emotional, that it's in his head at this point, and that's why we see yeah. the snaps left or right or sometimes even high? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's overthinking it. And, you know, he's just got to understand, I've done this before. It's about my muscle memory. I, I train in a certain way. And don't overthink it. We know when he's going right, that snap is probably going right. When he's going left, that snap is probably going left. And for him, I think it's 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 the six or seven inches uh, between his ears without question because fundamentally, I think he's been taught well. DB, staying with this, the snapping issues, and you said the Y word as a golfer. I don't like the Y word very much. <laughs> uh, but you golfers, when they're struggling with that Y word, they – Try different techniques, different grips, different putting to take. You've seen the dead snap, hand on top of the ball, point kind of down. Would you like to see a move to that, or could that be a case where Adrian or Luke does not how he receives the ball from that snap, and that could cause him not to try to uh, approach that technique? There's two things. I'm, I'm a kind of a by any means necessary as long as nobody's feelings get hurt, right? Like as long as I'm not disrespectful, um, you got to do what you got to do. And if that means – uh, that unconventional snapping method, then you've got to use it. And the other thing about that is, Jay, I prefer to catch balls that are anywhere near me, if it's even if it's from an unconventional snapping method, than it is to have to play to my left, to play to my right, to have to to, to get snaps that are up above my head. So um, I, I think those quarterbacks will welcome however the ball gets back to them, as long as it gets back to them in a relatively clean fashion. The big discussion on Monday was about tough love and how you handle certain guys and handle them differently. We've seen another of a Florida player leave. What are your thoughts on what's going on with that? Because we thought that the recruiting in Florida would be good because all those guys have experience there, but now you see a Marcus Fleming leave along with four other guys over the course of the last year. What do you think the issue is, Damon? Yeah, I, I think for a, a, lot, a, a, a handful of those guys, you know, Francois, uh, Green, uh, even Fleming for that matter, uh, and Delancey, like, I just, I'm not sure how much those guys wanted to be there once they got there without school and kids on campus. When you're an early enrollee and you're not allowed to be around your peers and you're in a different kind of area, there's not much that you can do uh, in terms of free time. There aren't a lot of things that are open. And culturally, it's so different than what you're not accustomed to. I'm not for sure with a with three or four of those guys, Nebraska really had a fighting chance. Marcus Fleming got there late. It was a struggle to get him out there uh, with any sort of consistency. Uh, and with guys like Green and, and Francois, they were kind of half-hearted from the get-go. When you start having early enough conversations with coaches about what is there to do or how can I stay busy or I'm not happy or I miss my family, and you've only been there a month, uh, you're literally in a, in, a, in a gunfight with a knife. And I think – for Nebraska, they have to continue to try to break down uh, a fit from a mental standpoint and see how that fits with them physically. You always want good athletes, but you're recruiting the whole person. And you can't recreate tough scenarios that you think that they're going to have to push through, but you can ask them about situations that they may have to come out of the back end of when you're trying to recruit them and try to get a best, as good a handle as possible on their mental makeup. But as both you guys know, people are the greatest variable on the planet. And, and moods can change, and so does temperament. 
DB, final question. Ramir Johnson had to step up because you've got Dedrick Mills out and Savion Morrison hasn't played, and we saw Marvin Scott get banged up. How did you think that uh, Ramir Johnson did in his second, really second big opportunity with the Huskers? Yeah, that was the guy that I thought we were getting when we watched him on high school film, right? There was a stretch there last year and the beginning of this year where I thought, like, my evaluations weren't very good. And while that could very well be the case, he kind of he, – I smiled a little bit over the weekend because that's the guy that I think we're going to get. He's he's a really, really good athlete. He's got good top-end speed. He's got good quickness. He's grown a little bit, but he's a guy that, that needs feel. Uh, he needs rhythm. He needs to get into the flow of what's going on. And, and so it's good to see him kind of get dusted off the scrap heap. We had a couple of reformation and resurrection projects. Adrian Martinez, I thought, emotionally really battled back to give Nebraska his best, best effort. And Ramir Johnson, without any meaningful snaps since probably Maryland from a year ago, looked like he could be more than capable if he could stay healthy. The running back situation has gone from one in which we thought we had a a wealth of depth and 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 riches to one in which next man up we'll see how many healthy bodies we've got all right db we'll see you in the morning to preview wednesday nfl action you got it can't wait sounds good next up on the show will be joined by aaron Sorensen from hill varsity but tonight you can learn how you can help donate to net nebraska's pbs and npr stations to continue the strong local content you love here's perry stoner with more perry Thanks very much, Michael. You know, I've been hearing you talk about the dislike of Iowa, and I think you can add me to that list for sure, too. So. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here with the Big Red Wrap-Up. Team NET is Nebraska's home for sports, and Big Red Wrap-Up is one of the big reasons why. With everything that's happening with this football season, first a canceled season, then a delayed conference-only schedule, it's never been more important to watch Big Red Wrap-Up to stay informed with what's happening with our favorite football team. You know, staying informed is just one of the reasons we watch Big Red Wrap Up, and I'm here right now to say thanks for your help in making it happen. That's right, with those who support NET with financial contributions make programs like this happen. We are in our fall membership drive right now, so thank you for becoming a member or renewing your membership. If you haven't done that yet, we've got some special thank you gifts when you call 800-989-8236 or, and do your part to keep Big Red Wrap Up on NET. Let's take a quick look at those thank you gifts right now. They're all football related, of course. Give us a call at 800-989-8236 or go online to netnebraska.org slash donate. And we'll welcome your membership with these thank you gifts. First, for a contribution of $96 or $8 a month, you'll receive a combination package. It's the farewell to the Big 12 book plus a Big Red Wrap-Up ball cap. It's, this is a hardcover photo book by Ken Jureshki. It gives us an entire season of images that capture the games and the world that surrounds them. This book features more than 275 images by photojournalist Ken Jureshki. It's a definitive look at the Huskers' final season in the Big 12 Conference. If $5 a month fits your budget a little better or a $60 one-time contribution, you can choose between those two items, the farewell to the Big 12 book or the Big Red Wrap-Up ball cap. Show your support of NET Sports with this red cap and the Big Red Wrap-Up logo while supplies last. So call quickly, 800-989-8236, or go online to netnebraska.org slash donate. There's more to NET Sports in addition to Big Red Wrap-Up. You know by watching the hours and hours of live sports here on NET that we love sports. And we present it for the state because it's a bond that brings so many of us together. Just a couple of weeks ago, we scrambled to adjust our production plans and the team to cover all six high school football championship games 
even though they were rescheduled from Memorial Stadium to school sites all around the state. And we did all this because we know how important these games are to communities all across the state. We like to say NET is Nebraska's home for sports, and it's true. Now it's time for you to keep it all possible. Join us right now during this fall membership campaign, and your financial contribution will do just that. We have some great thank you gifts. Let's take a look at those again. 800-989-8236 or go online to netnebraska.org. We can have the combo package, the book, Farewell to the Big 12, for a $96 contribution and the Big Red Wrap-Up ball cap. Or for a $60 contribution, you can choose between the book and the Big Red Ball Cap. So uh, it's a $60 contribution of $5 a month. You can get that, get your choice of those thank you gifts. Show your support of NET Sports with this red hat. It's got the Big Red Wrap-Up lo logo on it. You'll be proud to wear it wherever you go. Give us a call at 800-989-8236 or go online to netnebraska.org. Thank you for your continued support of NET Sports. Now let's get back to the program and Michael. All right, it's time to look at this week's players of the game. It could have been Adrian Martinez. I mean, mm -hmm. this guy only had two incomplete passes, but we go with Wando Robinson on offense. He had 10 targets, caught nine of them, 75 yards, rushed for 42 yards. Your thoughts on what Wando did this week? Just kind of a Swiss Army knife. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just something you can rely on. They're getting him more involved. And he has to be more involved just because you don't have – you're thin at running back. He yeah. kind of has to, does, he has to do everything right now. He is your one guy, I think – with with Adrian and with Luke, that you have some trust, you 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 develop some trust, you some some uh, chemistry yeah. that you can say, you know what, if uh, I know I'm probably looking to him and it's you know third and seven, third and eight, and he's I'm a, I can I can throw it to him, and even though he's a smaller target, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to get it to him because I, I trust he can make the plays and he's done it before. Yeah. You can't say a lot about the guys that are, that are, that are you know catching footballs right now. So again, Swiss Army knife, he's tough. He runs hard. He catches the balls. He's Gets upfield. He's dynamic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's 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 the whole package. We know we, we're getting with him. Luke Reimer is our defensive uh, player of the game, and I know you played injured before. Mm -hmm. This is a guy whose ankle was bad. He goes out there and maybe has his best game of his career so far. Twelve tackles, eleven solo. Had a tackle for loss. Also saved a couple of big plays as well. Yeah, he's just he's explosive. He's fast. He knows he knows where to go. He plays well within the defense. Mm -hmm. He understands his role. He understands where everyone else is around him, so he can get downhill really quick and know I can take a shot here. And if I miss, he's not going to go for 40 or 50 yards. Right. I, have, I have help around me. So he's smart. He, he Ankle injury, Colin Miller's out, yeah. played a ton of snaps. Um, again, he's, 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 he's the real deal. He's definitely deserving of our defensive player. Time to make a quick detour, social media-wise. Check out a couple of highlights from this past week. We've got a couple ones that are pretty interesting from a couple former Huskers. One of them there is a picture of Will Smith. A little emotional there as he's talking about his wife and I believe an affair she had. But there is uh, all put into the, uh, the Nebraska outfit. Will Compton put that one out. He's always really funny. And as I know as a Saints fan, the Denver Broncos didn't have any quarterbacks to play in the game. And Tommy Armstrong was willing to volunteer himself. Hey, Broncos, if you need a QB, I gotcha. He wasn't the only person to offer that as well. A lot of people did. We're pleased now to be joined by our friend Aaron Sorensen from Hale Varsity. Aaron, how you doing? 
I'm good. I actually offer the Broncos my services as a quarterback as well. So I'm right there with Tommy. <laughs> I completely understand. You, uh, above anybody else I know, loves the the pomp and circumstance of the game. You're always down there for the Husker walk. Um, you know what's going on with the band. You know what's going on with all the cheerleaders and stuff. How different has this been for you this year with just the football and all that extra stuff that I know you love and we all love not being there? It's definitely a different experience on game day. It's hard to really explain it. It doesn't feel real. I remember the first game at Memorial Stadium kind of looking around and feeling like I was at a spring game. But even then, there are fans at the spring game. You know, you definitely miss all of those pieces around it. Those those are a part of the college football experience. And you know, even thinking about the players, it's it's something that they look forward to. Even just having fans in the tunnel as you're walking out and feeding off of that energy is so important. So I don't think, like you said, I'm not the only one who misses it. It's definitely been different. We're having to look for different ways of feeling energized by a game day. And it, it has forced us to take a closer look at, well, the game itself and not so much everything else that's happening around it. But I, I think I speak for a lot of people that it'll be nice when we can have that back one day. Aaron, sticking with just kind of the struggles and the, the craziness of, of 2020 and everyone, whether it's myself or Michael, we're always trying, yourself and Hell Varsity, we're trying to provide content. I'm doing a podcast, Michael's doing a Sports Talk radio show uh, five days a week, and you're involved in print and a magazine, and you have your own podcast. But the struggles and just the craziness of trying to put together a product with Hell Varsity, we don't. You hear a football season's going. They're not a football season's going. Then volleyball's not happening. And then you do play a game. And then also the next game's canceled. Just the, the struggles and just, I mean, you guys have done a phenomenal job coming out with stuff, but just trying to stay on top of this and provide the great content that you guys do at Hill Varsity. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. We, you know, and having a chance to work with so many great people definitely helps. But I think what I kept really living by is that a good story does not suddenly go away just because of a pandemic. In fact, it has actually, it it has really forced me to think about, you know, what are the stories that people want to hear? What are stories that are are still able to be told. And the human element of sport is still there through it all. Even when you have the Big Ten pulling you every which direction about if there will be a season or not be a season, the the stories are still there. And I've been thankful for that. And I've been thankful for the people who've allowed us to still tell the stories. And, you know, you have to give a lot of credit to Nebraska and these sports information departments across the country who are who are working tirelessly mm-hmm. to make this possible. We wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for people who are learning things like Zoom on the fly and how to basically make a digital world work when we were all so interconnected. I mean, we were crammed into the press box like sardines uh, before, and now we're sort of learning how to do this safely and distance from one another. And it wouldn't be possible without people like those sports information directors. Aaron Sorensen joining us from Hill Varsity. Another cool thing that they did and the university did was we're not going to have fans, but we had those cardboard cutouts, not just in the stands, but also down there in the tunnel walk. And I know that you had some really cool pictures that you and your family made sure they made us. Tell us about those. Yeah, actually, my grandpa is in the stadium, which is pretty cool. My mom um, and my fiance's grandparents are as well. Um, but, you know, for my grandpa growing up, he's a big part of why I love sports. And same with my mom. And so to think that he's in the stadium enjoying football on a college game day Saturday long after he's no longer with us is pretty special. <laughs> and I think that's something that Nebraska and so many schools across the country took advantage of was how do we make the fan experience real? How do we 
give fans this opportunity to feel connected with the university when we're really feeling less connected than ever. And I will say, and Michael, you, you know, too, being in the stadium, looking out and seeing all of those cardboard cutouts is incredible. Mm -hmm. I was at Iowa and they don't have nearly as many as Memorial stadium. So kudos to Nebraska fans. What Nebraska fans did was create a really, really special and memorable moment in time. And you get to look back on it and, you know, this is history in the making in some ways. You mentioned Iowa and this rivalry now is it just grows every year. And now you have Kurt Ferentz upset because things that Scott Frost said and, and you have the kicker who's always chipping in and saying something. Your thoughts on coming off of that game, another loss by Nebraska, but what's happening with this rivalry? Yeah, I was I was hearing a little bit of what you were saying earlier and you know, I think it did start with the fans. I think fans, just with proximity, have always felt a little bit of a chip on their shoulders between Iowa and Nebraska. You live in Omaha or you live in Iowa City and you might have a neighbor who has a flag for the opposing team mm. just right next door. I, I think when you have these close games between the two teams and then you have that kind of that gnawing back and forth at each other about, well, what he said mattered, what he said didn't matter, and this matter, the blowing, the kisses, all of it just feeds into this where you just really want to beat that team. And I think Nebraska felt that more than ever on Friday. That win was within their grasp. And to have that just sort of poof right in front of them, I, I would imagine the chip on their shoulder, you would hope going forward is pretty significant because it was right there. It was right there. And that's, what makes a good rivalry. You do have to have a couple of wins, though, from the other team to make it really, yeah. really good. Aaron, I know you know Adrian Martinez pretty well. We've all followed him since he got here as a freshman. Kind of your thoughts on what he has done bouncing back from, as he called it, being demoted as being a captain, how he's handled that, what he had to say on Monday at the press conference. What do you think about what's kind of your reaction to what he's been able to do? Yeah, none of this is a surprise to me. Ever since the day I had the opportunity to follow him around campus for a story for the Hill Varsity yearbook, I mean, he just walks around campus with a presence about him. He he is just a natural leader. And I when we saw that video and we saw the speech that he gave to the locker room in preparation of Luke McCaffrey starting, it didn't surprise me. There is really no one who is more equipped to be a leader, to be a captain of this team. And so I think what makes it so hard and what you saw a lot of people reacting is you wanted to play to match the leadership because you it's really easy to root for Adrian Martinez. You, you want to see that play really match it. So I think seeing him go out against Iowa and have a pretty good day uh, made a lot of people feel good about that leadership as well because it's great to be a leader, but you also want to see somebody be really good at what they do. And you know, he, he continues to show that he's at least he's at least got that piece down. And like I said, none of it surprises me. This yeah. is just who he is at his core. And you like I said as well, you just hope now it translates onto the field or at least can continue to build on something going forward. Nebraska heads to Purdue the week before the Illinois game. Supposedly practice wasn't very good. Guys weren't ready for it. They obviously were ready for the Iowa game. It's early on in the week, but What's your feeling on how the preparation's gone so far getting ready for Purdue? Well, I, I can't imagine it will be quite like it was for Illinois. I think that was a live and learn. That was definitely a lesson that you – I don't know if Nebraska was overlooking Illinois. I don't know exactly what was happening in that week. You know, Scott Frost made the comment that maybe they felt the team had – 
kind of overcome something and they were able to, uh, you know, they, they'd already hit that moment of we got the win, we, we can do this, and they weren't quite at that point. I don't know if that's quite where Nebraska is now. So I, I imagine that practice is better, especially when you have a lot of younger guys who are having to fight for reps when there's so much, um, especially at the running back position, there's, mm. there's some depth concerns. I, you know, you hope that it's not quite like that. I did see some social media comments of people who were going, well, this sounds a lot like Illinois week. I, I have a hard time imagining that it, it's quite like that. If it is, then you have much, much bigger concerns. I, I hope the energy and the intensity is similar to Iowa, but at least I don't think it's going to be like it was pre-Illinois. Aaron, I know you're, you're a big sports fan and you love football. What were your thoughts seeing what happened at Vanderbilt, uh, first female Power 5 school uh, playing in the game? What were your thoughts about what you saw on uh, Saturday? Well, first and foremost, I have to say, I actually thought about Nebraska when when Nebraska was looking at potentially oh, yeah. needing a kicker. We asked Scott Frost if he would go to the women's soccer team. And, and you know, at the time they had Lane McCallum and it was all right. They didn't need to go outside of the team. But I did think of that moment like Nebraska could have been the first year. But, you know, good for Sarah Fuller. She she's changing um, how we look at women in this sport. And I, I know it's never easy when you're the first. And I, I, I applaud her for handling the trolls and the hate mm. with such grace and with some humor, because it would not be easy, in my opinion, to be her right now. But she's, she's phenomenal. I think she's amazing. And honestly, she probably executed that play better than about anything else <laughs> Vanderbilt did that day. So good for her. It's very true. Are you picking Nebraska to win this week against Purdue? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I want to give Nebraska the, the slight win. Uh, I'll say this. Nebraska can defeat Purdue if it just plays if it plays a similar game to what they did against Iowa. If the defense can hold up if the offense can just play a little bit better, it doesn't even need to be significantly better, just better. If that offensive line can be just a little bit better, I think Nebraska can, can skirt a win out here. It's going to be a little bit, I, I'm sorry at this point with Nebraska, cause you could see it going either way. Yeah, I'll true. give Nebraska the win, but I don't feel overly confident. <laughs> Aaron, we appreciate it. Hopefully we'll see you for the Minnesota game. If that game happens in a couple weeks. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Aaron Sorensen from Hale Varsity. Let's hear straight from the players and coaches now. Here's the latest from our Big Red Report. I don't think I'm going to have a, a, a problem with this team keeping them engaged. Uh, this team's hungry. This team approached last week really well, approached today really well. Uh, these guys want to get this right, and they're going to give us everything they have to get it right. Uh, we hope we still have three games, three opportunities. Uh, we need it as a football team. It's, a, it's about grit. It's about wanting to win. Um, the rest of the season, that, that, stuff, that stuff's in the past. All we have now is Purdue this week, and we have to make the most of it. And uh, our guys are going to come out with, with fire and intensity this week to get it done. Um, and that's, that's what culture is. That's what the desire to win is. And, and we're going to come with that type of attitude uh, this week because we have to. But our guys are just ready to play, and they've been they've been wanting to play every game, and uh, you know it hasn't bounced our way some of the times. But these kids wanted to play football at the beginning of the year, and Coach Frost, you know, obviously fought to get them to play football, and they just want to play every chance they get. 
we need opportunities to practice. We need opportunities to play games um, to really get the improvement we need. And you can feel it coming. You can feel the the young talent and the, and the veteran talent on our team. And uh, I think the guys the guys know that they're they're close um, and they want more opportunities. Next up, Sean Callahan will stop by and update us on some changes to the 2021 recruiting class. Before that, though, is Perry Stoner again with some great items you can get while helping to support local content right here on NET. Thanks very much, Michael. I appreciate how Big Red Wrap-Up gives us the opportunity to hear from special guests like Aaron Sorensen, from former Husker players, sports reporters, and others. Big Red Wrap-Up provides a way for us to dive into our Husker football passion like no other program. We're back for another short break from the program to thank you for watching and supporting NET because our fall membership drive is underway. NET is here throughout the year, bringing you great sports coverage like basketball, wrestling, high school football, and volleyball, too. Those sports are part of NET's commitment to the state and its people. Thank you for making it all possible. Big Red Wrap-Up gets, gets you involved with the sideline survey, and another way for you to be involved is joining the NET Sports Partners Club to keep all the sports going here on NET. Here's your chance to say, you bet, I want to help. The number here is 800-989-8236, or you can sign up online at netnebraska.org slash donate. We'll welcome your membership and thank you with these gifts. For a $96 contribution or $8 a month, you'll receive the combination package Farewell to the Big 12 book plus the Big Red Wrap-Up ball cap. It's a hardcover photo book by Ken Jureski, and it gives us an entire season of images that capture the games and the world that surrounds them. This book features more than 275 images from photojournalist Ken Jureski. Who knows, there might even be a shout out Jay Moore or two in there. $60 contribution or $5 a month, you'll receive the farewell to the Big 12 book, or you can choose the other option, $5 a month or $60 contribution, that big red ball cap. Show your support of NET Sports with this nice, bright red, big red wrap-up sports uh, cap. It's got the logo on there, as you can see, and it's uh, only available while supplies last. So give us a call at 800-989-8236 or go online to netnebraska.org. You know, Big Red Wrap-Up is just one example of quality sports programming locally produced here at NET. Husker football and volleyball documentaries are made for you right here, too. We've done three volleyball volleyball documentaries over the years. They've gone in-depth on the program, Dream Like a Champion, Destination Omaha, and Culture of a champion. In-depth sports journalism and storytelling and hours and hours of live sports action you see right here on NET. Let's keep it going. Program production funding happens because of your support. You know, you're probably like me and have watched a lot of college football over the last several weeks, so sooner or later we're going to have to catch up on those other favorite NET and PB. NET and PBS programs we've been missing and you can do that by becoming a sporting member at $60 or more and taking advantage of the member benefit called Passport. You can stream the programs you want to watch when you want to watch them. Many great titles like Nova, Nature and dozens of great programs produced by NET. Give us a call at 800-989-8236. We've got great thank you gifts. We'll look at those one more time. $96 or an $8 a month contribution. You'll receive the farewell to the Big 12 book plus the Big Red Ball Cap, or you can uh, contribute $60, just $5 a month, and your choice of that Husker game day farewell to the Big 12 book or the Big Red Wrap-Up Ball Cap. So give us a call right now at 800-989-8236. Do it quick while supplies last. Let's get back to Big Red Wrap-Up right now. All right, be sure to vote on this week's sideline survey question. 
What's the most troubling aspect so far of Nebraska's special teams play? As of right now, 37% people say net punting. Kickoff returns at 32%. Punt returns allowed 31%. You know what? It's everything. That's your answer. D, all of it needs to get fixed, in my opinion. Make sure you go to the website and cast your vote. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us now on The Wrap-Up. I'm Michael Severe, now joined by Sean Callahan. Sean, my son at the end of the month is going to turn 15, finishing up his freshman year, and you're telling me that Nebraska's offering a kid who's basically the same age as him? That's yeah, incredible. Davon Hall from Bellevue West um, was offered today by Nebraska. A freshman at Bellevue West had an Iowa offer after his first game of high school football for the T-Birds. Nebraska really wanted to kind of watch him play a whole year uh, today. They made that offer, and I think the timing is interesting, too. You heard Scott Frost this week say, look, we not just want the best athletes, but we want the guys that fit our program. And you get the sense, yes, some of the kids they've been bringing in from Florida, great athletes, but they haven't been great fits. I think uh, you're going to just see more and more of an effort to lock up top local players because uh, I think culturally they fit Nebraska better. And I can tell you Hall was very excited when he got that offer. Uh, Mike Huffman said he was smiling ear to ear when they pulled him out of the lunchroom uh, to hand the phone to him and uh, have Barrett Rude tell him the offer was coming. Sean, the uh, kind of theme across college football has been decommits. A lot of the big schools have seen that. Nebraska saw one as well with Ladarius Webb, correct? Yeah, Ladarius Webb parted ways and with Nebraska. And, you know, honestly, Michael, this might have been mutual. Nebraska had cut contact off with Webb for several weeks, if not months. Um, and, you know, his commit at the time was a little head-scratching back when it happened because Nebraska was his only scholarship offer. And, you know, as the season went on, uh, we interviewed him a couple of weeks back. He's like, yeah, I've not talked to Nebraska in a while. So not a surprise that he opened things back up. I think that was the direction it was heading. Um, And that's the challenge of 2020. You are having to get commits of kids that can't physically come to your campus. And when you're talking about distance involved, there's even more challenges. So luckily this year, Nebraska has been able to lock up a lot of guys locally uh, that have been to Lincoln before that know what Nebraska is all about. Because uh, I, th- I think we're learning this year with the five Florida defections um, that, you know, bringing kids to Lincoln, especially now in times like this that have not been here before, there are some challenges. Four really good players at Omaha West Side. The one that Nebraska is getting is Kobe Brett's safety now. Where do you see him? Is he an outside linebacker, inside linebacker at the next level? Yeah, great question, Michael. Um, you know, safety, kind of like a JoJo Dolman that can maybe move his way down to an outside linebacker, hybrid type in the 3-4 defense. Um, you know, and you see Nebraska do that right now with JoJo. He stays on the field as a nickel, but just a specimen. When you look at Kobe Brett's at his size, the way he runs, um, and he got better and better yeah. each week over the course of his senior year. And a rare combination. He was the state runner-up diver um, as a sophomore. So um, just a phenomenal athlete to do a two-and-a-half dive off a low board. Um, I'm told he can do some pretty wicked backflips in his full shoulder pads as well. Mm. Uh, maybe Tyree Kill could take a few lessons from him. Uh, he, he came up short on that one, Michael, on, uh, on Sunday. I tell you, against Millard South, they, they, it was a struggle, and he made a huge play with the interception return for a touchdown, and then the two-point conversion really turned that game around. Let's talk about uh, Devin Jackson, who has got a bunch of offers as a young guy. You know, Devin Jackson at Omaha Burke, 
great size, great speed, um, probably an inside linebacker in the 3-4 for Nebraska, uh, but more of an outside linebacker. And he's made it known he would rather probably be an outside linebacker. So I, I question if Nebraska is going to have a great chance at him, at least today, from what we know, from what he has said. He's a legacy to Illinois. His mm. mom and dad both played for the Illini. They were both standout football and track athletes there. Devin is a standout track athlete as well. As an eighth grader, ran in the national finals of the the 100-meter dash in the final heat. Um, He was 10-9 in eighth grade, I believe, Mm. electronically. He was going to have a chance to win the 100 as a sophomore, um, if not for track being canceled. So a rare athlete with the size, the speed, and probably could be a 10-6, 10-7 guy electronically at over 200 pounds this year. These young kids are amazing. Sean, we appreciate it. Let's take a quick look now around the Big Ten from this past weekend. Michigan State gets its second win of the season and puts a big hurt on Northwestern's chances to really make the college football playoff, losing that game. Penn State gets his first win of the season, knocking off Michigan, and Michigan is a mess, 27-17. And without Nebraska native Noah Vedral, Rutgers sparks a second-half comeback behind two backup quarterbacks to beat Purdue 37-30. And that's what we get going with our Purdue preview. Honestly, the stopping those wide receivers. Uh, we know about Bell, right? We know about Moore. They have another wide receiver as well who's pretty good. Is that kind of the key for you heading into this game on Saturday, Jay? Yeah, definitely. you got to ramp up the pressure, get the pass rush. We've seen it at times. It's been, it's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But I like Nebraska's secondary. Listen, what, just we, we forget what they did against a really good a receiving crew uh, against Penn State, you know, but they're able to I mean, I'm the number five is his name's uh, Dotson. Dotson. Two catches and about 27 yards. So that's, you know what, they're not going to face too many better receivers than, than him in the Big Ten. So what you did with them, remember that. They got some pass rush going. Keep them in check. Keep Rondell Moore. Keep David Bell in check. Uh, Purdue's QB issues, they got, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place. So. It's it's the game is there to be to be taken and if the excuse me if the if the defense can continue to play aggressive and stop the run because Purdue does struggle to run the football make them one dimensional that's that's a recipe for some that's a recipe for a win in West Lafayette. Sean, we've seen ups and downs from Nebraska. I know it's early in the week, but what you've gathered so far, listening to press conferences, you feel they're ready to move on from the Iowa tough loss to this Purdue game. Yeah, I, I think there's some anger a little bit with guys. Um, I mean, that Illinois loss just took this season off the rails. I mean, it felt like they were going to get there and get to two and two and it'd have a good feel going into Iowa. And that loss knocked everybody back, but I thought they responded well last week. And you can sense leaving that game in Iowa last week, guys were angry. Guys were mad. They knew that was one they probably should have won. Um, the mistakes that were made um, you know, were, were tough, you know, that – should have been not happening in games like that, the muff pun and, and some of the things that happened. So I'll be curious. I think they're getting Purdue at the right time. This is a Boilermaker team that's lost three in a row. Things are not going well for our friend Bob Diaco as the defensive coordinator. You, you just hear a lot of grumblings from behind the scenes. They've only forced one turnover and one quarterback sack over the last three games combined. So this looks to me, Michael and Jay, like a very good matchup for Nebraska's offense. Jay, uh, Tom says, and we hear this all the time, right? We're in the 3-4 right now, so that means people want to know, when are we going to switch back to the 4-3? You played in both of them. What do you think with this personnel would be better for Nebraska? Oh, man, it's tough. It's Listen, 4-3 is a lot easier to recruit to. I think Sean would, 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 would agree. Um, 
we do get a little glimpse and taste of a four-three in the way they kind of run their 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 three-four. Like I said on here, there's there's always two ways of running a three-four. I played in a very uh, Wade Phillips style three forwards. You're three traditional down linemen, two outsides. So you have a five in front. Nebraska runs more of a Bill Belichick yeah. Patriots four man front, two down, two outside linebackers. Now, depending on how that's set up, they'll put a guy down and you have a stand up defensive end. It looks very four three ish, mm-hmm. but they play a little more three four concept. It's their their version of three four is very it's it's older it's you don't see too many teams run that version where you see a lot more of the Wade Phillips style uh, defenses and Mike Nolan and you know those that kind of uh, coaching tree style of the three four. I like the three four I really do I think what you yeah. can do when you have some dudes on the edges that can rush the passer and you can start dictating pr- protections getting guys one on one they don't know who's coming either correct yeah. correct so you got guys one on one the tight end running back I'll take an outside linebacker in that situation all day but you got to get the guys yes. and Nebraska just hasn't the yeah. guys yet so I think we got to be a little more patient Sean Mike Underwood asked the question on Facebook Scott said he felt pretty good about his running back room it's a lot of banged up folks what do you think we will see against Purdue in terms of the running backs you know Marvin Scott was in concussion protocol I was told today though he should be good to go uh, for this week. Uh, no official word on Diedrich Mills. I think they're optimistic. Mm. Um, I think Ronald Tompkins as well has been banged up. Um, so yeah, it, it's been kind of a mess. Ramir Johnson was the flavor of the week that got the big play on Sat- on Friday in Iowa City. Um, but yeah, I think until they get Mills back, it's just going to be a mixed bag of everything. And hopefully they get Mills back this week at Purdue. Let's not get too technical. Real quick, Kent wants to know about two-gap scheme. What's the positive? What's the negative from that? Uh, boy, <laughs> we need a lot more time. And a I board. Need a, right, and a board. You, you, linebackers, you can, get clean, you can get some free, free hits, some free plays. It's, and you, just, you can eat up blockers. Right. You eat up the linemen. So that's why you get linebackers running free. That's, that's one positive to it. Mm-hmm. I think there's some negatives to it as well, but I, I need a lot more than about a minute here to, <laughs> to discuss it and, and break down. Maybe we can get that added next week. Not a bad idea to do that. Okay, time for burning questions. We start off with Sean. Can Nebraska finish drives this week? Uh, instead of getting these 28, 32-yard type field goals, they need to score touchdowns. And I think that was why they lost last year at Purdue. They were only up 10 nothing earlier in that game. Should have probably been a 17 nothing, 21 nothing lead early. That cost them. Purdue came back. They need to score touchdowns this week and stop getting turned down in the red zone. Called those four-point plays. What about you, Jay? Clean snaps. That's what I want to see. Clean snaps, no self-inflicted issues. Can we get can we get a game where it's the snaps were there? They're not they're not losing twenty yards and Mm -hmm. we're giving the ball back to the back to the defense. Clean snaps is my my biggest issue for this one. Will they be able to use Luke McCaffrey in a spot other than bringing him at quarterback? I, I think it's nice to have those guys on the field at the same time. I think Luke makes a great wide receiver, not for a long time, just for now while Adrian Martinez is here. So my question would be to Scott Frost and Matt Lubick, can you get somehow Luke McCaffrey on the field like you did against Ohio State last year against Iowa, against Maryland, against Illinois? Can you get him on the field to have him make some plays either from the running back position or the wide receiver position? I'd like to see that. That would uh, be the best way to do it if they can get it going. Okay, don't forget to go to our website and Facebook page. Click on the prediction. Jay and I will tell you exactly what to expect on Saturday. Nebraska looks to build off some of those positive play they had against Iowa as they hit the road again. They head to West Lafayette, Indiana to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. It's another 11 a.m. kickoff. We're getting a lot of those. Uh, It airs on Big Ten Network. 
And, of course, we're back next week to recap the game and chat with former Husker offensive line Jeremiah Searles, which will be great. We'll talk about offensive line play and uh, more about the 2020 season as well. Our thanks to Damon Benning, Aaron Sorensen for joining us tonight. For Jay Moore and Sean Callahan, I'm Michael Severe. Now here's more with Perry Stoner. Hey, thanks very much, Michael. Give us a call and begin to renew your membership right now. That's how you support great sports on NET. 800-989-8236. We've got some great thank you gifts when you do. $96 or $8 a month, you'll get the combination package. Farewell to the Big 12 photo book plus the Big Red wrap-up ball cap. That's a hardcover photo book by Ken Jureski. There are over 275 images for you to, to enjoy and look through whenever you like. Or for a $60 contribution... Or $5 a month, you can get the book Farewell to the Big 12, or you can choose the Big Red Ball Cap. It's uh, limited supply, so give us a call real quickly here, 800-989-8236, or go online to netnebraska.org slash donate. Michael is here with me now. Michael, you're kind of the quarterback of the Big Red Wrap-Up <laughs> program. you got all these things going on. you got highlights, you got statistics, you got previews, reviews. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what you hope the viewer gets out of Big Red Wrap-Up. Well, I hope we get a more in-depth look at what happened in the game. I would love for us to have a chance to be able to talk more about wins. That would be great. But at this point, just to kind of break down what's going wrong and how they can fix it, you get Jay talking about it with guys like Damon Benning coming on, all of our guests. So the goal is to kind of give you a better idea of what happened on Saturday or on Friday and then kind of move to the next game and give you a preview. Well, you got all do a great job of doing that. I even saw you over there playing with your iPad, <laughs> checking social media and so forth. Is, uh, is this a fair question? What's your favorite part of the show? If they win, it would be the highlight part. I like doing the highlights when Nebraska wins. But so since I've been doing this, I think I've only done five of those so far. So it would be great when they win to do the highlights. But I love talking to the guests. That's always fun, uh, asking them questions and getting their thoughts on what's going on with the Huskers. It sure is. Thanks a lot, Michael. Give us a call and begin to renew, renew your membership right now, 800-989-8236. You're enjoying this program along with us, so pick from your uh, uh, thank you gifts that you can have, $8 a month or $96, $96 one-time contribution you can choose or you'll get the farewell to big 12 book plus the big red wrap-up ball cap for a 60 dollars contribution or five dollar a month you'll get your choice the farewell to the big 12 book or the big red wrap-up ball cap you'll want to sh- uh, show that whenever you're walking around and going to husker games wear that big red wrap-up ball cap 800-989-8236 thank you very much for joining us